This is Rabbi Mensch. Welcome to my weekly podcast called The Mensch. I'm coming to you from the cave deep in Bel Air because I'm hiding from the coronavirus that everybody's worried about. Well, being that this is my premiere show, I'd really like to tell you who I am, where I came from, and also why I would like to do a podcast. First, I grew up in the hood of Brooklyn, Crown Heights, rough and tough, tumble neighborhood. One of the craziest places, but I had a lot of fun growing up. I also grew up in a home where my father was not wealthy. My father made 220 bucks a month, and he had to pay $80 a month rent. I got to tell you something. It was very rough growing up. I never felt like I was missing anything, but nothing was handed to me. As I grew up, I wanted to make money when I was nine years old. I started working. That's right. I went over to one of the grocery stores nearby, and I said to them, listen, a lot of people need food for the Shabbos, for the Sabbath, for the weekend. Let me be your delivery boy. I took my wagon. I filled it up with groceries. He paid me 50 cents a delivery. People gave also 25 cents, 50 cents a delivery. If I did 10 deliveries, I made $10. 10 bucks a week in the 60s was a lot of money. Being that I made that 10 bucks, I was able to buy anything I wanted. And throughout the rest of my life, I never asked my parents for anything because they were struggling just to keep ends meet together. As I grew up, I, I paid for my own way to go overnight camp. And yeah, became a counselor. And after a while, I became known as the youth guy. So I opened up a camp when I was 18 years old in, Boca, in uh, Coral Gables, Florida. I also made a camp for kids from overseas, in, from Panama, that they were for six weeks in Miami. And because of the reputation I had, California called me and said, we want you to be the head of our youth program. And that's what brought me out to Southern California. That youth group, I, had, I was the head of 5,000 kids from literally all the way up from San Francisco down to San Diego. And that's what brought me here. But I got to tell you something. After a while, people need a rabbi. And that's what I t- turned myself into. And people in Bel Air asked me to become the rabbi of their synagogue. That's right. I went from poverty to Bel Air. I'm sure there's a movie somewhere out there. How did the kid go from Crown Heights to live in Bel Air? But it's an honor. It's a privilege to literally be able to work with these people. Now that I'm in Bel Air, I got to know a lot of people in Hollywood. So now people give me the nickname, Rabbi to the Stars. I eventually became known to many people in the industry, got my own cable show that went on for many years on Century Cable before we got to DirecTV. And many people know me from being the Rabbi Men's Show on KFI Radio. So why am I doing this show? Many reasons. First, I miss radio. I miss the medium to talking to everybody. But I got to tell you something. One thing everybody loved about my show, whether you agreed with me or disagreed with me, your mind will be entertained with honest talk. I'm a rabbi. I don't pull no punches. If I tell it to you, I tell you the facts. And I got to tell you something. We are going to have a beautiful time because my job is, after listening to any one of my shows, you're going to go, hmm. So that's how a mensch is supposed to be. I hope you will act like a mensch with all your decisions from here on down. So I'm going to be going week by week on different topics, and I'm going to be speaking something. And right now, the main topic that's going on right now here in America is 
What's going on with the police? So what's going on in Atlanta? See what's going on in Minnesota? And now all of a sudden, everybody's protesting the street and they're saying, defund the police. The police have to be reformed. Is that a good thing? Should we stop giving money to the police? Do the police need reform? I got to tell you something. 99% of the cops out there, they're fantastic people. They really, really, really are fantastic people. And think about it. They have no clue when they knock on your door that the guy on the other side of the door may not be having a shotgun to blow the heads off. They have no clue when they come into a domestic violence that all of a sudden somebody can turn on them. But they're there to protect us and help us. But you're right. There are some bad apples. There's always bad apples. And we have to figure out a way how to go about to train them or we have to weed them out. The unions can't stop us from firing people that are bad. So do I agree with the defunding? You'd be shocked. I think so. But you know what? If you're going to take money away from the police, I would like to have another way of doing things. I would like to take money, and all of a sudden we go to the public schools, and we have people learning about civics. This is how it is. This is the way the police are supposed to be. This is what the fire department is. Know your neighborhood. Know who your friends are. Do not be scared. Another thing that I would do is, is that when a police officer wants to retire, why is he going into retirement? You are our greatest value that we have. So for the first six months in your retirement, you still have to work as a police officer. How? Dress up, and we will make you an appointment. We, meaning the public school system, will call up the, P, the LAPD or whichever police department you are, and now he walks in a 55-year-old police officer, 60-year-old police officer, and says, let me tell you why you should be friendly with me, because I want to be friendly with you. we got to spend money on breaking the fear between kids and the police officers. These people can also tell, give encouraging talks, like, let me tell you what goes on in jail. Don't go there. There are a lot of kids that come from homes that are Unfortunately, hopeless. So they know, why should I go and flip burgers for maybe $15 an hour? And at the end of the day, I make $60 and they take taxes off when I can score with some drugs and come out with $1,000 and give some of that money to my mama. We have to be able to give hope in a better way. And I think these police officers, they're great role models. And you'd be surprised, some of them even become big brothers and sisters. We have the money. Let's put it into things of that nature. I would also like to go and have the police officers learning what it means that when a person is hurting, when he says, I can't breathe, you got to rethink what to do now, how to go about doing it. So we do need a strong police department. But I wanted to tell you one more thing. The other day, I asked my daughter, if you were going down Rodeo Drive and you saw Gucci or Chanel, the windows were smashed and everything was looted, but right there at the window was a $15,000 bag, would you take it? So my daughter said, no. And I said, well, why not? So she says, it's wrong. Aha. You see, we don't need police to stop us from doing crime. We have to be trained. I don't want to do it. 
I can't do that. It's wrong. There's a higher code that I live by, even though it's sitting right in front of me. The other day, somebody asked me a great question. Well, Rabbi, I got a question. What would be if the guy takes it? And he says, I know the owner, and I'll give it back to the owner. All right, for that, you can take it, because you're not stealing. My dear friends, our country is really in turmoil. We have to start thinking what to do with the police. You know, the other day I was asked, what would I do to prevent what happened in Minnesota? I got to tell you something. Being a rabbi, there is a command. It's called which means you cannot stand by and not warn your friend that they're doing something wrong. You had three other police officers there. I don't care who you are. I don't care if this guy is void in the Chicago PD. You stand up and you go and you say, you're doing wrong. Get off the guy's neck. Let him breathe. We'll do it another way. He could be a sergeant. He could be a captain. But if you see a guy struggling, I don't care who it is. You keep the, you keep the handcuffs on. I get it. Don't you dare cut out his air. Are you kidding me? You guys have to speak up. As God says, you are your brother's keeper. And if you don't speak up, I hold you responsible just as much. So I understand America is not God's law. But to go and see that these officers were also arrested for reasons not murder, but for whatever they were brought up on charges. You're right. You did wrong. We all have to speak up when there's an injustice. And it's not just to an African-American. It could be to the Indian. It could be to a white person. And it could be to a Jew. It could be to a Muslim. It could be to anyone. When you see an injustice, God goes and says, how dare you speak, sit quietly? I don't care if this guy's the chief of police. You do your job. I want the police officers to be like me. You see, being a rabbi, people judge me by every action that I do. Even what I'm saying right now, whether you agree with me or you don't agree with me, I don't want anybody thinking that I'm a racist. I don't want to think that I'm, that I'm anti-cop. But I am anti-people not being a mensch. You gotta be a mensch. Don't go and use force and beat people up to become a mensch. Use your words. Use your persuasiveness. Get the job done. Be a mensch. So what's going on out there that there's a lot of rioting. I get it. Not the rioting, but protesting. I understand. Black lives matter. Each one of us is created in the image of God. We have a piece of God in us. Who gives the right for anybody to snuff out anyone's life? And if God made you brown, God made you white, or God made you black, you got purpose. Because God made you for a purpose. But what happened in Minnesota? Could you imagine if we can go a long time and never sing that again? Then all of this marching and all this protesting did its job. God bless you who did the protesting properly. I'm standing with you. All right. Now I want to do another segment. 
here on the Men Show. This is really, really good, but I'd love my producer to explain it to you. Jack, take it away. All right, Rabbi. This is called, What Would a Mensch Do? This is basically quick bites asking topical questions, short answer, asking you, what would a mensch do in this situation? For the first question, now that we are living in unprecedented times, what would your plan be to reopen the economy? That's a great question, how to open up the economy. I believe anybody that wants to open up this store, go open it. Gym, open it. Pool halls, open it. Bars, open it. But we got to do it smartly. We can't have 23 or 30 people all within crushing each other. We got to have social distancing. There are still people getting the virus and they're going to get sick and some may still die. We don't understand it. Yet again, I have a preschool. Parents are begging me, open up the preschool. So I have some rules. Every parent is going to have to go and give me that they were tested and that they're negative or they had it already over two weeks ago. And then you can bring your child in. Every single child, every single day will have their temperature test. And every parent has to drop the child off, not in the building, but outside the building and brought in by the teachers. And the teachers have their own job every single morning. They're gonna have to go and alcohol down the seats or everything, clean it with Clorox. And we gotta make it clean. Every single day. This is a matter of life and death. But it can be done. The economy should not shut down. People's lives, they put in so many years into holding on to a store. And all of a sudden we're cutting it down. And we choose winners like Costco. But the local tailor, he's gone. He can't sell shoes or, 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 or shirts. That's wrong. Open up everything. But everybody has the responsibility to be a mensch and have social distancing and make sure that you or your customers do not jeopardize anybody's health. Great answer, Rabbi. With the NFL season looming and protests atop people's minds, if you were the owner of an NFL team, would you, a mensch, hire Kaepernick? <laughs> Boy, <laughs> you seriously? Know how to pull some great questions. I got to be honest. First of all, the president actually said something the other day. He went and said, listen, he's a good player. If you're in out for victory and you need him, hire him. But I would be very worried to hire him on one reason. Distraction. You know, the Red Sox in 2013 had a great team. But they had a lot of distraction inside the clubhouse. And they fell out of pennant fever. You can't bring in a guy that is all of a sudden at the middle of every, at the end of every single game, everybody's asked questions. So, Kaepernick, how did you feel about this? How did you feel about that? Did it feel good to kneel again? Whatever it is. I got to tell you something. Teams need to be thinking one thing and one thing only. How do I win the next game? So if he signs a contract and says, I will not answer any political questions until after the football season, I would hire him. Because anybody else that has a distraction, I would have to let go. So if he wants to be a distraction, then you're not helping my team. But if you want to help me win a Super Bowl, here's my contract. Now go make my team win. And be a mensch. 
to all of us. A New York Times headline reads, Bolton says Trump impeachment inquiry missed other troubling actions. Would the Mensch further investigate the actions of President Trump? No, no, not at all. And I, and I could be a liberal and I could be a conservative. I got to be honest with you. The answer is no. Do you remember Valerie Jarrett, how she went on the news and started going and telling everybody this and everybody that? Even Adam Schiff, who's in our government, he told everybody we got the goods on the president. He definitely collusion. But then when they had to swear their hand to go and say, I take an oath to tell the truth, they all said, no, we don't have anything. So on TV to sell books, Bolton could say whatever he wants. He can write in the book whatever he wants. It's sensationalism. Listen, we have the National Enquirer selling millions of magazines. People could say whatever they want. Bolton could say anything they want. But if he was brought in and he had to go and put his right hand up and swear, he'd tell you a different story. The country does not need every time someone says something because they want to just say it. We have to go and start having more investigations. We are a country that has to move on. We have bigger issues. The issue is not every time somebody goes and has an accusation. If every person who spoke on Facebook had an accusation or on Instagram or on Twitter had an accusation, do you realize our country would be in investigation 24-7? Is that the country you want? No. Unless, Mr. Bolton, you have a video, an audio to prove it, don't bother. We know you're trying to sell books. And for all I care, make a million dollars. Now, for this part of the What Would a Mensch Do, this will be our speed round section where all the producers will jump in and ask Rabbi questions of what would the Mensch do right now during this pandemic? Rhiannon, do you want to take the... uh, Right. All right, Randon, take the first question. Yes. Rabbi, would you go into a grocery store right now? 100%. I'll wear my mask. You bet I'll go in. Why not? All right. Would you have people over for Shabbat dinner? Now, that is a whole different ballgame because now you're bringing other people in and they're coughing and they're laughing and they're sneezing. You know how it goes by dinner. No, not yet. Uh, how about would you go to someone else's Shabbat dinner? Not going to happen yet. It is not going to happen. Rabbi, would you fly on a plane? Business class only. I'm not going <laughs> to sit next to somebody who's going, <laughs> and I can't throw them out the window from 35,000 feet. At least business class. The guy's six feet away from me on the other side of the plane. How about, um, how about Disneyland? Would you go to Disneyland when it reopens? When it reopens, I can't afford it when it was when it before the pandemic. <laughs> I can't mortgage my house to take, you know, five, six of my grandchildren. It ain't going to happen. But if I could go to Disneyland, Star Wars, that's all I want to see. <laughs> I got to see Star Wars. All right, Rabbi, would you go to the beach? What do you mean go to the beach? Could you see me at the beach? I'd scare everybody away. What do you mean go to the beach? Now, the truth of the matter is, during the pandemic, I actually snuck out. And I actually went to the beach before they opened it up. Yeah, I actually did. Do you remember a few weeks ago, they had the Bible in essence waves, where there's all this blue coming out, there was a fish or something. It looked gorgeous. So you know, I went one night and I said, I want to see it. This is one of God's beautiful things. So I went out in the middle of the night, it was like 1130 at night, and I went out to the beach. 
but I would not go to the beach. Now I never used. I, I'm not a beach guy. Listen, with my color skin, give me two minutes out there, I'd be frying. <laughs> would you go on a hike? Are you kidding me? You want me to go and exercise? I'm from Brooklyn. There are no, no mountains in Brooklyn. They didn't train us to do hiking. I got to tell you something. You know what I did right before the show? I'm talking serious. What'd you do? Today, I did something because, you know, you're sitting here in Corona. You just sit there and eat and eat and you study. I do a lot of studying. I'm sitting at the table. I said to myself, I got to move. So I, just, I, I, so I went and walked. And I, it was boring. So I went out today and actually bought something. I bought a bicycle. I'm going to go riding around the neighborhood. Doesn't that sound great? Sounds That's great, awesome. Rabbi. Uh, but it's a battery-powered one. Oh. Life made easy, my friends. All right, final question, Rabbi. Would you wear a mask? 100%. Are you kidding? you think I'm going to put someone else in danger? Listen, everybody has to be safe. I'm not saying I'm a cat. I'm not saying I got this corona. But I don't know what I got. But one thing for sure, we got to be immense and care about the next person. And again, being a rabbi, everybody's going to look. The rabbi's walking around without a mask. Because of who I am, people have a higher expectation. There's no way. Of course I'm going to wear a mask. Great questions, guys. Well, that was a rapid round question. I loved it. And now we're coming to the end of the show where I always give my commentary has to do with also something from the weekly Torah portion. This week's Torah portion talks about how Moses sent 12 spies to Israel to check out the beautiful Holy Land to see if the Jewish people go and, you know, they come back and see how beautiful it is. Ten spies came back and said, it's great, it's gorgeous, it's fantastic. But they gave their opinion. And all of a sudden, all the Jewish people started saying, OMG, we don't want to go. We want to stay here in the desert. And they literally were crying all night long. And God said like this, whoa, you Jews don't want to go? Fine. You'll stay in the desert for 40 years. And this generation will die out. We'll bring up a whole group of new guys. And we're going to bring in people who want to do it. And live in the Holy Land and do it the right way. Question is, in today's life, what lesson can we learn from it? The Jewish people looked at these 10 spies like gods. Whatever they say must be true. But you must understand something. When people have a power, they can also have an agenda. You see, the people, the 10 spies, they loved living in the desert. They loved getting free food. They loved getting free water. They love getting free housing by living in the clouds. And they said, we can spend all our day studying God's word. But God has an agenda also. He wants us to go to the world and work in the world to make his world beautiful, filled with spirituality. They were shirking their job. We have politicians today that talk to us. And they're trying to tell us, listen to me. I know what's right. I know what's wrong. But you ever notice politicians, whether you like them or not, they too have agendas. And we have to start recognizing that there's a reason why more and more of us are losing faith in our politicians. We got to keep them responsible, not because they're a D or an R, therefore I like no matter what they say. We got to weed it out. Even the news that you read, makes no difference what channel you're watching or what newspaper. 
They have a bias. They have an agenda. Comes God and says, I only have one agenda. And my agenda is, let me show you how to make this world beautiful for all humanity. And that is the job of a Jew. So each and every one of you, take this Sabbath off. Don't look at the news. Don't listen to the politicians. You'll feel a lot better off. Gather your children around you and give them your agenda. And tell them, you know what? We're a beautiful family. Let's go and do something on Sunday. A project. We'll buy roses. That's what we'll do. And we'll go to anywhere we can to give out roses to people just to give them a smile. You can do that. That is the Jewish way. I don't need politicians buying the roses for a vote. God wants you to do it, to make this world a better place. Hmm. The spies had an agenda. We were in the rut for 40 years. Maybe that's the problem today in America. Today in America, we're in a rut because we're giving too much power to the politicians. And maybe that's why a lot of people are protesting. You promised me, and I got nothing from it. God bless you all. And every single one of you have a great week, have a fantastic week. And remember, every one of us make the right choice because you always have to be a mensch. God bless you all. Thank you.